Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today we're talking about food planning tips for busy runners. This is for you if you're feeling confused about how to adapt your everyday food plan to meet your training requirements and how to put it all into practice. Welcome to the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner mini-series. Please join Aileen Smith and Karen Campbell, nutritionist friends and runners. During the mini-series, we'll be spotlighting key challenges women face as they approach midlife. Women tell us that they're really uncomfortable with the way their body shape is changing and are noticing how their energy levels and running performance is suffering too. So it's our mission to help women be in great shape, bypass midlife health challenges and continue to enjoy their running. So we've designed our Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner method and that's for the woman who requires the most time efficient and easy method to be the best she can be. During each mini episode we'll be helping you take some easy action. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Aileen and Karen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Hi everybody, welcome back. I'm Karen and I'm here today with Aileen as always. Hi Aileen, how are you today? Yeah, I'm fine. It's a lovely sunny spring day. It's still a bit chilly, uh, but uh, yeah, it feels like spring. You know, the bulbs are out, there's daffodils everywhere, buds on the trees. So yeah, it feels like we're in the right zone for the the spring. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that, Aileen. The sun is shining here, but it is quite chilly. And I haven't been out for my run yet, so I'm hoping it might warm up a a little bit before I get out there. So um, I'll get that done later. But anyway, let's move on to today. So today um, we're going to be giving you a bit of a snapshot of food planning tips for busy runners, which we look at in the Eat for Running results part of the Healthy Women, Healthy Runner method. So we will be talking about today, what do you need to think about when creating your runner's food plan? Also thinking about planning your food plate to meet your energy requirements, the practicalities of putting your food plan into action and then finally uh, looking at having some fallback food plans in case food plan A doesn't work out and that can happen and and we do ask you to listen until the end of this episode because we do have a special invitation for you. So Aileen, thinking about all those aspects that we're going to discuss today, what 
do you need to think about when creating your runner's plan? I'm speaking about you as in general, not yours particularly. You don't have to speak <laughs> the I. And so just, yes, so, so just thinking about what do we need to think about when creating our running plans? And why is this a topic that women want to know more about, do you think? Yeah, well, I think, it, you know, my experience, Karen, um, you know, from my point of view and also from the, the runners that I know, you know, as friends and also professionally, often people feel a bit confused about how to adapt their everyday food plan to meet their training requirements. And, you know, they, they're doing that to help them enjoy the running, to get good results, um, to help them recover well um, as well as prevent injury and, and maybe they're even thinking about nutrition to support the life phase which obviously you know we focus on because we, we focus on healthy woman healthy runner in midlife um, and, and then maybe you know they've even got an underlying health condition so there's quite a lot of things there that people are trying to support um, and it's just like well where do you start with it so I think that's really the why it's like well they're not sure where to start they're not sure what foods to choose. They're not sure how much food to eat and, and when to eat those foods. And I mean, one of the things that we always ask people when they join our Facebook group is, what are your running and nutrition goals? And that is the sort of a theme that comes through. It's like, well, I'm confused. I don't know where to start. So, yeah, I think that's that's what um, that's why it's a topic that I think it's really interesting to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree, Aileen, also from my friends and some clients, you know, well, that's why they're coming is because they're they're confused about where to start regarding it. So so thinking about what you've spoken already, what do you think are the main things runners need to consider when planning their food? Well, I think the planning is, you know, it's the key word there. So the starting point is to plan ahead. Um, ideally, I, I think thinking of the coming week. So, you know, if you're coming towards the end of the week, looking ahead and thinking, well, what what running am I going to do next week? Um, and perhaps, you know, you're somebody that has to fit running around your work or your family schedule or your social life. Um, or maybe you're the other way around. Maybe you're somebody that plans all your running and then fits everything else around it. You know, we all have different styles of life. I and mean, it's a bit like you saying today, I haven't done my run yet, but I'm hoping. I, but, so you've got the intention you're going to do the run, but you maybe haven't actually nailed down what time that you're going to do the run. Mm. Um, and I think when we're learning about how to create a runner's food plan, um, it's important that we do think ahead. And eventually it becomes a bit more natural and you can do things quickly and um, in an ad hoc ma manner but to begin with I think planning ahead is really important so I usually suggest to people that you get your diary out uh, you either you open it online or if, you, if you're still using a paper diary that you look at that or at very least get a notebook out and schedule your training so you know what time of day are you going to train on what days of the week the type of training uh, the duration of training um, so, you know, when are you going to do the training? What distance are you going to cover? What intensity? Uh, because I think all of that information is going to really inform you about what food and fueling requirements you, you have for your training. And then, you know, once you've got that mapped out, you can then sort of consider the practicalities around 
what are you able to prepare, what are you able to buy, what are you able to eat within the right timeframes or the best timeframes for, for your running plan. Mm, yeah, and I really like the idea of planning, and I do think it's a it's a it's a great idea. But not everybody is good at planning. Um, so, what would you say to to the runners who potentially would resist that planning process? Yeah, I think you're right. There are lots of people who resist planning it. You know, it, it makes the blood run cold, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, my suggestion is just think about this step as a learning process. And as I said earlier, you know, you do get to the point where you know uh, what you need and you'll know what you'll need without doing the scheduling. And maybe it's just something that, you know, you've got in your head and you, you've got different go-tos that you can use. Um, but I think it's really important to embed some nutritional knowledge um, while you go through the planning process. So I'd really suggest, you know, give it a go um, and see how you get on with it. So, I mean, it's one of the things that that we, one of the tools that we use, isn't it, Karen, in our um, in our programs is like mapping out your training and then you sort of map out your nutrition um, in line with with that sort of weekly calendar in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really good advice, Aileen. Um, so just kind of moving on, let's quickly review some of the things you mentioned to consider. So you spoke earlier about time of day. What, why is time of day important, do you think? Um, well, for example, you know, if you're running early in the morning, uh, that might be an opportunity to consider running in a fasted state. Um, so our advice would be to do this only if you're planning a sort of an easy paced endurance run, which would be under 90 minutes long. So, you know, the fasted state is when you've not eaten overnight, you've not had your breakfast. And there are some, you know, some benefits for doing that from particularly from a body composition um, point of view. So that might be something that you would take into consider. So, you know, to, to plan that out. Um, at other points of the day, you might need to consider, um, you know, how are you going to plan to eat your pre-run food, your meals or snacks and hydration and making sure that you've, you've, you're eating, giving yourself enough time to digest the food ahead of your training um, and also making sure that you've got the food available um, for that um, pre-running um, food and for you know maybe if you're doing a longer endurance run you might even need to need to eat during running um, so the time of day is quite crucial because that's going to focus you on when to eat I, I guess more than anything else mm, mm, yeah. um, Karen I was I was sort of wondering you know you 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 know you're very experienced in different types of run training so what um, what advice would you give people about choosing food for different types of run training yeah what I'm thinking about here is that that different types of running that you're thinking about Ely might fall into different categories like the duration the distance and then the technical runs as well because you've been speaking about the duration and the distance but also technical runs would be um really important to consider here as well and and like you were saying for runs under say 90 minutes or um, up to 10k, uh, it's likely that probably everyday foundational nutrition will be adequate for um, everybody's requirements. There won't be a need for additional um, food types for training. I would say when it comes to 
maybe speed training, sort of that technical training. It may be that um, somebody would require a snack before training, even if it's if it's for a short period of time um, and is early in the morning, because at this time, during this type of training, you're going to be burning more of the carbohydrate than the fat. And as we know, the glycogen stores are limited anyway and reduced in the morning after an overnight fast. So just having a little carbohydrate snack would be um, important there, I think. And then when thinking about um running for the longer distances or for a longer duration of time, then really thinking about um, starting to adapting the energy intake across the day and considering what your requirements are for fueling um, during your run. Um, but also post run as well. So really thinking about what are the extra energy needs you need throughout the day, but also at key points for your training that pre, during and post um, run for recovery. Um, I would also say that it's likely that you'll require more energy from carbohydrates at meal times generally, and um, and also. Um, have requirements for taking on board carbohydrates, like I was saying, during the runs, as well as having that post-run snack. And, and you know, I'm generalising here really, but your total energy requirements are personalised to your body composition, as well as your training requirements, which is something that we we will look at and help you with in that healthy women, healthy runner method so that it is very much personalised to you. Yeah, that, that's all really great advice, Karen. And I think, you know, the personalised bit is is really crucial because uh, everybody's different and you will need something different. So um, bear that in mind. You know, the, the, what we're talking about is con- concepts that you can apply, uh, but you're going to need something personally something different from maybe you know your your friends mm-hmm. um and i just wanted to mention here that you know if, if you haven't already done so we we do offer a lot of great advice in a free nutrition guide um which we offer um from our website it's called top running snacks and nutrient timing and um you're able to get a free copy there so if you look at our website runnershealthhub.com just look at the top menu bar for nutrition guide uh, click on the link there, pop in your email and we'll we'll send it over. And there's lots of suggestions about what to eat uh, pre, during and post training. So if you if you're sitting there scratching your head thinking, well, I, I can understand why you're saying that, but I don't know what to eat. That's the thing that will really help you. So I'd uh, encourage people. Um, to download a copy of that and then once you've read it if you've got any questions just pop us an email and uh, we'll be happy to answer your question yeah absolutely it's a really handy little um download to, to have in the kitchen just to give you inspiration and ideas okay Aileen just sort of moving on at the start of our conversation we talked about runners being confused about what food to choose and how much to eat and when to eat it um what do you find runners tell you is confusing for them um, well, usually it's about how many calories to eat and how much protein and carbohydrate they need because, you know, there are lots of different articles written about that, blogs, et cetera, et cetera. So people get a bit confused and that, that you know, I think that's the, the thing when, particularly when people are moving 
maybe from half marathon to marathon they know that they're going to need more but they don't really know how to adapt their food intake and you know some some runners never adapt the food intake they just run on an everyday food plan um, the downside to that is that they may be unintentionally under eating so basically running on empty um you know, and I think that's a trap a lot of people fall into, isn't it? We just eat the same things every day, no matter what our energy requirements are. And then other people um, have a different approach. They they might use their running to allow them to eat whatever they want. You know, you do hear some runners say that, well, I, I run to manage my weight and then I can eat and drink anything I want. Um, but potentially, you know, that can lead people into making unhealthy choices. Um, so they might be burning the calories from their energy intake but they're maybe not taking in the right um, proportions of macronutrients or, or micronutrients that they require for optimal health, for performance and crucially injury prevention. So, you know, we always um, hammer this point home, don't we, about, you know, all calories are not equal. So, you know, there are some calories that are densely nutritional and will do you lots of good in different ways than some that just give you fuel and nothing else. Um, so I think that's uh, something to take into consideration. Yeah, definitely. And like you were saying here, Aileen, it's about ensuring that you're taking on adequate, so not too much and not too little regarding the the energy or the calorie intake. And and we would assess that by um, first of all assessing basal metabolic rate and um, calorie requirements, and then adding that activity factor. So looking at what more calories do you need um, to fuel your running. So so more um, more energy uh, in on the days when there's a higher requirement due to the training. And again, the type of training will be taken into consideration there as well. And then we think about how the overall energy or calories um, should be apportioned to the macronutrients. So dividing that up into um, particularly um, protein and carbohydrate intake and how that would look on a plate. But also fats do need to be taken into consideration here as well. And um, I think some runners are really keen to work everything out really methodically and want to know how many grams of protein and carbohydrates they require and are even willing to to log and track their food to achieve that. Um, and, and if that's a preference, then, yeah, we, we certainly would, would help people with that. But, you know, I think most people probably prefer to make their food choices in a simpler way. Um, and, and for that, we have created some food plate graphics to, to really help our clients, haven't we, Aileen? Yeah, because I'm definitely one of those people. I, I really don't like getting hung up on calories and worrying about grams of protein or carbohydrate uh, because that just makes me tense thinking about that. Um, so I, you know, I really identify with people who just want life to be simple. Um, and I think it's much easier just to, to learn about portion sizes and plate balance and then you know, it's, it's just an easy thing to do then, you know, you can learn about it, you've got it in your, your brain and you, you can just apply it every meal time. Um, so as you said, you know, the different plate graphics that, that we've designed, it, the aim is really to help people get to grips quickly with plate balance so that 
they can choose the right type of plate balance for a particular meal or day, depending on the run training. And and the purpose behind the, the plate balance is to help runners get the, the right balance of macronutrients, you know, particularly thinking, you know, as you mentioned earlier, protein, carbohydrate and fat and making sure that's in the right uh, balance for the type of training they're doing, um, but also making sure that they're including the right balance of vegetables and salads to get the vitamins and minerals and the micronutrients that we've been talking about. Um, so, you know, just to give people a bit of a, an insight into the different types of, uh, we call them athletes' plates. Um, mm. So we have like an easy training plate, um, which is, great for blood sugar balance and, and body composition and that's the foundational um, nutrition that everybody needs to be aiming for day in and day out um, we have a, a weight loss plate uh, because some some runners you know that is one of their health goals they're trying to uh, lose a bit of weight change the body composition um, and um, you know that they might need to follow that with some adaptions for the days where they're doing heavy training and then we also have a moderate training plate and a hard training plate, which also doubles up for a race day. So there's different different plates, really, to help you um, apply that to you, the weekly calendar that we've just talked about. You would then think which plate you would choose for particular parts of the week. Um, and then the other thing that accompanies these plates is a portion guide so that you know what to put on your plate. Um so, yeah, and I think that the next layer to think about is that beyond that, you know, we, we need to think about what else do we need to add in, particularly the food-based nutrients are important for a midlife woman. So um, we're not just thinking about the macronutrients, we're thinking about, well, which foods, which foods fit into each part of the plate that will really therapeutically support particularly hormonal balance so um yeah that's 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 sort of an overview of um how we can make it simple for people Mm. yeah Mm. and sorry to add there alien that i do think that the athlete's plate um is a is a really simple and easy to look at and utilize way of integrating um portion control and foods for particular types of training. I think it's a a very simple for those who like that sort of approach. I think it's a great it's a great source. Yeah, I think. Well, that was our aim, wasn't it? When we were were coming up with how could we help people make easy decisions? Because we all like to be easy, really. Yes, yes. (laughs) okay so so could you um just explain a little bit more karen about how a runner would you would know which plate to use yes i I will alien i think the best way to do that is maybe to to use an example and i'm thinking here maybe of um of a a a runner in in marathon training so what would that person need so i think that what this individual would want to do is be using the hard training plate. So you were saying, Aileen, about the 
it being used for hard training and also doubling up for race day. So, so really thinking about that as the um, the con the, the plate con- balance concept, but then um, uh, for, and using that when they're running the really long distances, and then sort of looking at adapting the plate up or well they can't adapt it up right enough but adapting it down for the rest of the days whether it be a rest day or it be uh, light training days and and also I think important to consider that the carbohydrate intake over the period of a day will include that pre during and post training snacks or gels so when thinking about the portion control portion sizes and the plate, it, it, not to forget that you'll be having the additional um, snacks and gels potentially around your training. That's a that's a really good point, Karen, because I think often runners forget about their particularly their during run foods when when they're considering their overall energy intake. Um, I think particularly those who maybe are, are concerned about body composition um, mm. and you know the the you know we encourage people to practice um, fueling during their training um, so you've got to add that into your overall um, energy intake um, yeah. over, over a day and, and you know some of these foods and um, and sports gels are obviously very high in carbohydrate um, so you, you do have to take them into consideration and, and you you need them but it's making sure that you you manage what the intake is to to your requirements yeah absolutely because some of them like you say alien are so calorific it's quite frightening when you look mm. when you look at the breakdown of of um what's in them and and the the calorie um content as well okay so Aileen, just moving on um just to sort of summarize we've summarized we've talked about um the pre-planning of what when how much to eat related to um our running schedules and then how to use that plate balance as a tool really to adjust macronutrient balance depending on the activity level and an individual's goals. So just moving on from there, what advice can you give around the practicalities of putting a food plan into action, Aileen? Well, I always think it's a great idea to create a list of your favourite healthy runners meals and snacks you know so thinking about breakfast lunch your evening meal and then also your pre during and post snacks so again you know if you're looking for some inspiration a starting point would be that download guide that we talked about earlier um and then you know what you're doing really is is practicing practicing the skill of choosing the best foods to support your training so you can make some easy choices and if you if you've got a list then you can just refer to the list you're not having to scratch your head every week thinking what will I eat Um, and then it's about making some conscious decisions about what actual food choices you'll make so ideally a day ahead at the latest so this is again where the people that don't like to plan you know, I can feel you all squirming in your seats as you listen to this. You'll be thinking, no, 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 I don't want to make that choice. Um, but maybe, you know, the conscious decision is I'm going to have this or this. So you're not pinning yourself down to an exact choice, but you, you've you got some choices that all deliver the same things. Um, and I think, you know, when you've already thought about it and obviously made sure that you've got the food ingredients available so that you can eat it, 
then it's more likely to happen, isn't it? It's like a conscious decision. You've you've made that intention, and um, it's it's more likely to happen. Um, and I, I think you know, as runners, um, most runners have a target distance or race on the horizon. You know, you you that's our mindset, isn't it? We always know what the next thing mm-hmm. is. So uh, so I'd suggest that you you give your food planning the same priority as the intention you put into deciding what training you're going to do on a particular day. Um, So, you know, remember, we're focusing on helping you eat for running results, or at the very least, to make you running easier or less injury prone. Um, So focus on that rather than I don't like to plan my food. It's like, if I do this, I'm going to, I'm eating for running results, uh, whatever your, you know, outcome is that you want. And I think that helps just um, put it in a different you get in a different mindset, I think, um, rather than feeling you've been told to do something. It's I'm doing this for a good reason. Yeah, yeah, that's really good tip, Celine. And I like the idea of giving the planning of your food the same priority as the planning of your training, because it is so true. People will will have it all mapped out how, what they're going to train that week. So whilst you're doing that, just plan the food around it at the same time to help keep it easy. Okay, so so you've got your list of your favorite dishes and you've decided what you'd like to eat on your training day. You've shopped and have the food in your larder. So what else? What next, Eileen? Well, I, I think the other thing that is difficult for people is um, finding the time to actually make and eat the food. Um, so I, I'm really big on trying to find time-saving ideas to help people spend less time in the kitchen. Um, so finding ways to maybe prepare in advance or making healthy fast food can be really helpful. You know, we've touched on this on quite a lot of different episodes in the past. Um, but things like making batches of snacks or maybe a big tub of overnight oats or granola or having extra portions of soup or savory dishes in the freezer uh, can help. Or perhaps doing some food prep in advance so that all you have to do is cook after a run or using sort of healthy fast food styles of cooking can help make your kitchen time more effective. So, um yeah, there, there's lots of different ways that people can claw back a bit of time so that they've still got time to run and still got time to recover. Yeah, absolutely. And what I would say here, if you're a bit like me and you aren't a cook or you're short of time, um, I think using good quality prepared foods or recipe boxes are also a great time saver as well. And and certainly are things that that I use at times. And and I have to say, we have talked about um, our top tips in episode 16, where we speak about the smart food for healthy runners. And also, in episode 27 in a runner's kitchen and again in episode 44 um, where we're speaking about healthy fast food for runners so really there's a lot of information out there for for anybody who um, is needing a little bit of um, advice or inspiration and um, so if you go to those episodes you will find that there's there's a lot of help there for you would you have anything to add there Aileen? Yeah, well, I'm thinking sort of into the future now, Karen, when we're out of lockdown and maybe we're back to working and commuting again away from the home. Uh, So, yeah, that, you know, things that people can be thinking about um, to help them is maybe choosing easy to pack food, which would be great to commute with. So, 
you know, prepare ahead breakfast. If you're somebody who runs to work and has to eat at work, um, you know, that, that would be a great idea. And also, you know, packed lunches and snacks. So that would be really helpful. Um, checking that you've got a good range of storage containers for packed meals and batch preparation and storage will help you. Um, we've already talked about, you know, making some investment in time to plan ahead create a larger checklist, create a shopping list template so that you're not having to reinvent the wheel every week, make it easy for yourself. Um, you know, and if if you feel that you need some extra help, you know, we've done all the hard work in our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program and also, you know, as part of the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner method too. So if you are somebody that's looking for a done-for-you solution, just drop us an email at runnershealthup.com and, um we can point you in the right direction of which program might might help you uh, so that you don't have to start from scratch you can have all, all all our tools and templates there for you absolutely and i would say my roundup message here would be um to say that whilst you're in that practicing mode it's really key to create your running meals and snacks list decide what you'll eat on your training days do your shopping and if at all possible do some prep in advance so that you have food to hand for before during and after your running training because i think it does make a huge difference and it also means that you are eating the foods that your body needs for your training rather than just grabbing something because it's all you've got at hand but but I have to say you know we've got to be real sometimes we plan and then life does get in the way so so just thinking about what do we do if plan a doesn't work out um Aileen over to you what do we do (laughs) (laughs) well we have a fallback plan so I think a fallback plan is it's, you know, it's important not only for the days when plan A doesn't work out, which, as you say, you know, can happen quite a lot. Um, but also you could use that on the days when you know you're just going to be too busy to think or prepare food. You know, we all have days like that where we've maybe overcommitted or overscheduled and you know that life's going to be difficult and you have to go for uh, quick, quick, easy choices. Um But, you know, also those might be the days where the running, you know, run training is still high on the priority list. Um, So that's the thing that you're going to fit in whatever. Um, So I think my approach would be to, first of all, think about what typically goes wrong in your day, which disrupts your plan. Um, So, you know, the typical things that I think can happen to anybody, and I'm, I'm just really pulling this from my experience of what people tell me um so one of them might be that they run out of time for breakfast before they leave for work you know so this might be you know if you've got a family or you know there might be things going on that means that you just don't get a chance to eat to eat uh, breakfast before you leave so um if you think this is something that regularly happens to you then maybe getting into the habit of preparing a take-to-work breakfast, the kind of thing I mentioned earlier, um, or, you know, having something at work uh, that's available on the days that you you need to have it. So a simple thing maybe would be having an unsweetened porridge sachet and some nuts and seeds in the desk drawer at work so that, you know, you can grab that and it's uh, an emergency breakfast or it's a regular breakfast if that's uh, what works for you. 
another thing that I hear people often say is that uh, lunch has been delayed because a meeting's overrun. Um, that can be a bit of a problem because that can risk uh, your blood sugar balance, you know, so the blood sugar balance can go out of kilter because you've gone for too many hours without eating. So the kind of thing that I would suggest there is just make sure that you've got a snack available. So a protein carb bed snack that you can grab, you, you know, if you're going into a meeting, know that you've got it. Most most people are happy with you nibbling on a, a snack during a, a meeting um, or, or at break time during a meeting. And then it doesn't matter if lunch is going to be delayed an hour or so. Um, so an easy choice would be maybe a piece of fruit and a few nuts and seeds. So that's something you could have with you anytime, really. Um, and then another typical one that I get told about a lot is um, I got delayed on the journey home. Uh, and that can cut into your food prep time. Um, you know, maybe you've planned to make something and there just isn't enough time to do that and go out for a run or do the other things that you need to do at home. Um, so in those instances, I would, I would think about choosing some healthy fast foods. So the kind of things that, that are my go-tos in those situations would be maybe an egg-based, um, evening meal. So maybe an omelette or some scrambled eggs with toast or, you know, I might make a protein smoothie or even take a tub of soup out of the freezer and make it into a meal by adding some greens or some frozen spinach. And then maybe throwing in a small can of beans or lentils can make it into a sort of a meal in a bowl. Um, so those kind of things can really help sort of having, you know, that fallback that you've you've got in your mind. Well, if something goes wrong, this is what I can have. Um so that that would be my advice, Karen. Have you got any other suggestions? Yeah, I think they're really great ideas that Aileen and the omelette and scrambled eggs. I think eggs generally are a big fallback for me. If I've just run out of time, you can just make such a nutritious, healthy meal by just having some eggs and vegetables in the house. So um, so I think that is a really great fallback one. And um, For me, thinking personally, I love to make my own homemade snacks for my running. So the likes of um, flapjacks or protein bars. And I usually sort of make those at the weekend, sort of planning ahead for the week ahead. But sometimes it just doesn't happen and I just can't fit it in. There's too much going on. So what I tend to do is my fallback is to have a stash of bars that I've bought. And um, and I have to say, I have to keep them in a place, place in the house that the rest of the family won't get to them. They're not aware they're there um, because I know that if I went, the tin would be empty if they did know. Um and I think if you're at work outside of the home, you could possibly take them to your work and store them at work or maybe store them in the car so that you know they're always going to be there, that no one else has taken them. So so I think that's a great fallback. And I think also lots of people find that someone else in, in the household has has eaten the food they made, like I've just said, regarding the snacks, but but the food as well. Um, they might have um, somebody else has maybe eaten it in advance. And, um, and and I think that tends to happen more with people who have got really hungry 
teenagers at home. Um, and so I really like the idea of um, your ideas, Aileen, of making your own fast food um, and, and sort of freezing it, but also maybe just having a, a healthy ready meal in the freezer because not all ready meals are unhealthy. You can get um, healthy ones as well. And just having that in the freezer, which can then be defrosted whilst you go out in your run. So those would be my ideas. Yeah, and I, th- I think uh, that they're fantastic, Karen. And I think everybody's had that situation where you've been planning to eat something, you open the fridge and somebody else has snaffled it and it's really annoying. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, knowing that you've got a, a fallback there is really important too. Um so I think it's really key to have that alternative in your mind. And uh, often another suggestion I would make to people is is design your own easy one day meal plan. So you've got it in your head. You're committing to always having these foods available or know that they're easily purchased. And then you you always have a fallback plan, you know. So I, in, in my past, I've worked with a lot of um business people who've done a lot of traveling and then you know they they get home late at night and there's an empty fridge or back after a business trip and there's an empty fridge so you know I've come up with lots of ideas to help people put together store cupboard meals Mm. um, that you you know you know that you've always got that and if all else fails that is what you can eat so that you're not resorting to either not eating anything which some people do or you know going to the worst supermarket in the world or the worst garage in the world and getting something not very nice. So, uh, yeah, fallback plan's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the key message from this is to to always have a backup plan, have backup meals, backup snacks, um, that store cupboard essentials so that you've got something nutritious that you can go to when plan A just goes out of the window. Um, And so Aileen, we are coming to the end of another great conversation um, once again. But just before we go, would you mind just doing a bit of a roundup and by giving the key takeaways from today? Yeah, sure. So um, the starting point is every week, ideally, plan and schedule your run training. Consider what days you're going to run, times of day, what type and duration of run training, what distances that you'll cover on each day. And and then do some upfront food planning. So create your healthy meals and snacks for uh, running days, write a shopping list, stock up. I mean, these two things could be interchangeable. You might want to do your upfront planning first and then do your scheduling of your training. but, you know, it's important that both steps are, are done. Um, then, as you mentioned, Karen, it, it's quite important to calculate your energy re- requirements based on um, basal metabolic rate and the activity and training you plan to do um, and adapt your food plan to meet those personal requirements. And as we mentioned, uh, an easy way to do that is to use our athletes' food plates. Um Consider if there's any advanced preparation you can do that will save time. So, you know, if you imagine if, you, if you're if you an overnight oats person and you've got a great big tub of it, all you have to do is scoop it out every day and add the milk. You don't, you don't have to measure all the different ingredients out every day. So, you know, there's microscopic amounts of time that you can save, but they will build up over a period of time. Um, 
then make make some conscious decisions as we talked about earlier what actual food choices will you make and try to make those at ideally a day ahead because if you're doing it ahead of time you've got more chance of making things happen and then finally you know as we talked about have a full book back plan for the days that plan a doesn't happen and big message really is um, focus on eating for running results or focus on eating at the very least to make your running easier or to um, make sure you're less injury prone so all of those are really really important and just finally Karen I just wanted to remind everybody we, we, we've mentioned Healthy Woman Healthy Runner uh, a few times in the in the conversation today we do have some free training coming up soon it's something that we run periodically um so if you if you'd like to know more about the healthy woman healthy runner method um check out our show notes right at the top of the show notes there's a, a link to click and you can register for our, our next training um which is scheduled for the 29th of april and if you're listening to this after the 29th of april click on the link anyway because usually we're advertising the next one which will be a few weeks later and um, and we'd love to have as many of you join us as possible. Great. Thanks very much, Aileen. I think today there's been lots of helpful advice to, to help runners do their food planning. So I think the message is let's all food plan with purpose. And remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we really hope that you found our insights useful. We've got a question for you. Would you like to know how to put our advice into practice and how to take some easy actions? If your answer is yes, then please don't miss the opportunity to sign up for our next free online training session. It's going to be on Zoom and we'll be there to share more steps in the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner method with you. And most important of all, we'll be there in person. So we'll be able to answer any of your questions on the spot during the training. Karen and I absolutely love podcasting, but we love interacting with you even more. So we can't wait to meet you in our Zoom room. If you'd like to register, it's very easy. All you need to do is look out at the episode show notes, look at the top of the page and click the booking link there and we'll send all the details to you. So if you'd like to be a healthy woman, healthy runner for many years to come, please come and join us and don't miss out on our next free training. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 
for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.